Welcome to the Black Delegates Podcast. The date is February the 25th, 2018. Um, I am your host, the Black Ryan. I'm on the line with, uh, let's start off with uh, Ghetto Phenom. What's good, man? What's good? What's good? Happy to be here another week. Good, good. And uh, how about you, Paul? Doing well. Paul is doing well. <laughs> <laughs> you referring yourself to the, in the third person now, man? I'm like a wrestler, man, in third person. All right, all right. So let's get right into it, y'all. So uh, let's start with uh, This Week in Blackness. I will start off with you, Phenom. Go ahead. Yo, This Week in Blackness was, was pretty good, man. It was pretty interesting. I will just share one story with you. Um, involves a friend who actually may be on the show uh, within the next couple of weeks. But uh, dude is a basketball coach, high school basketball coach uh, for a girls team. I won't name the school. Uh, but went to the game, district championship game. He actually was playing against our alma mater, Ryan. And so I was excited to go there, watch him. I really didn't have a rooting interest because it's my old school against my homeboy school. So I just wanted to see a good game. Now, my partner's got a little bit of an um, <laughs> a, a quick temper. <laughs> he, got a, he got a quick temper. He's known for that. I done seen him kicked out of – you know, middle school, grade school games, coaching. I think he's been kicked out of games at every level. Uh, let's just say that. Awesome. However, in the past couple of years, he has calmed down. So I usually go check out a couple of his games each year. And, um, you know, he's really toned down his animation and, you know, getting mad and this and that. So make a long story short. First quarter of this game against our alma mater, one of his girls takes a fall. She got pinballed off of two defenders, fell to the ground, ball went out of bounds, no call. So the the young lady, she rolls over to get up, and her mouth is just all bloody, just blood everywhere. It just looked really, really bad. Wow. So uh, no foul was called. Everybody in the crowd's like, where's the foul? Uh, so my partner, he walked past the refs, didn't say a word. Uh, helped his girl, you know, the doctor came out, the doctor had to help her, give her some, some medical treatment or whatever. She ended up being fine. He walked back past the refs, went, sat on the bench, didn't say nothing to him. I was surprised because usually he would have flipped off the handle. <laughs> so um, anyway, one ref comes over, says a Caucasian gentleman, and uh, says something to him. And he said something back. At the time, I couldn't hear it, but it didn't look like he cussed him out. I've seen him cuss plenty of people out, and that's not what it looked like. Uh, but he said something to him. The ref hit him up with a tech instantly. So, like, three minutes into this district championship game, my homies hit up with a tech. So then another referee, this was a black gentleman, he came over and started talking to him as well. Now, as a sports guy, I'm wondering why are these refs coming over to him, especially after that type of no call, and he hadn't said anything to him. Mm -hmm. So the other ref said something to him. He did go off on him. I could read the body language that he was going <laughs> off on on the black gentleman. Uh, and he looked like he was going to hit him with a second tech, but he thought better. I'm sure he figured, hey, it's district championship. He got a right to be mad. They know they should have made that call. So he just kind of backed away, you know, and left it alone. So five minutes later, we're still in the first quarter of this game. <laughs> Uh, the the ref that teed him up the first time is all the way across the court, and uh, my partner's talking to one of his players, waving his hands, telling her, you know, do this, make this cut, get back on D, whatever. And the ref, I guess, thought he was talking to him, you know, and, and gave him a warning and told him, hey, watch it. And he told him, hey, I'm coaching my team. 
Technical file number two, you out of here. That's ridiculous. And it's Dang. the craziest thing I've ever seen. Because I, I told him myself, I said, look, I've seen you get kicked out of games. I've seen you when you should have got kicked out of games and you didn't. <laughs> but neither of those texts were warranted. So, um, But it – you know, that's my week in blackness just because it's, it's a black coach with two black teams. I can't say it's racism because most of the girls on our alma mater are black. You know, the coach is white, but most of the girls are black. You know, all his girls were black. So uh, it's not a racial thing, but it was just interesting to see that and see the dynamics of how that played out. So that's my week in blackness. What about Paul? Uh, not much, man. Had a pretty quiet week here. The weather was really nice. Uh, so my it was actually my wife's birthday this week. So I did right, a little, happy birthday. spent a little time with her. Went nothing special. Went a little lunch and uh, went shopping at the mall yesterday. So saw a lot of crazy people at the mall. Maggie, uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, man, that's right, <laughs> Maggie, and that's what I was doing out there, making the economy uh, function. So uh, yeah, we had a, had a good time, and that was really it, man. Just hanging out with the family. What about you, Ryan? My weekend blackness was oh man. That's how doing, my week was. We're doing sound effects that's, now. Okay. That's exactly okay. how my week was. So, uh, yeah, so we had, um, I'll just skip to Friday, but uh, me and Ishmael got a chance to, to hit up a high school district championship for a, a pretty high-ranking player here in uh, Missouri. Got to check him out. Yeah, so uh, I was worried that I wouldn't be able to see him again in high school, so I had to make sure I got to that game. Uh, and uh, he had a, a quiet 33 points. So uh, I, I enjoyed the game, though. It was real good. Um, then got a chance to uh, slide out and go see Black Panther. Oh, yeah. So I, I finally, finally got to see it. I know. It's been seven days. Oh, my God. I can't believe I took so long. You are t- have been taken off probation, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. I can, I can remain black <laughs> for one more week. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I got to check it out and uh, – uh, snuck off with my wife. We were supposed to do something else, but uh, you know how people are. Sometimes people don't show up or they try to go on CP time. And I was like, yeah, let's cancel this. Let's roll out. So I'm just, I just left. So we just rolled out and I, I beelined immediately to a theater on the way there. I'm, I'm driving and texting like I'm not supposed to uh, checking Black Panther uh, seating charts at all the theaters on the way, plenty of which were sold out. And then I finally found one uh, and I was like, uh, I'm going to try to just get out there. My, my, my PayPal, for whatever reason, wasn't picking it up uh, to pay for the tickets in advance. So we got there. Just happened to be two Insufficient seats. Insufficient funds. No, nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Very I, black. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was able to scrape up the $20 I needed to go see the movie. And uh, they had uh, two tickets in the back corner. And uh, so we sat back there in the recliners and uh, got to watch it with uh, a theater full of white folks. So it was real oh, cool. Yeah. We was pretty far away. But uh, apparently the white people waited until uh, we were done. And then they were like, now we can go to the movies because it's back to normal. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, I really I really love the movie. I'm not going to uh, spoil anything, but just wanted to say that that was the blackest 
thing I have ever witnessed on the big screen. <laughs> uh, how, how so? From, can, you, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Man, from start to finish, it was just it was it was nothing but black. The references were black. The music, of course, was black. Uh, you could just tell that the actors weren't trying to act and be somebody else. I'm pretty sure Michael B. Jordan was just being Michael B. Jordan. Right, <laughs> like right. he was just talking normal. He was using his normal slang. It was it was cool, man. It just I don't know. It was just a different vibe about how everybody was kind of moving uh, mm. during the movie. So I guess I don't know how to explain that. Um, and for once, we weren't. It wasn't a slave movie, so I was definitely excited about that, man. And and just plot wise, the movie was great. It was uh, it was good. Uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, Where do you rank it at in your in your in your Marvel or your in, your, my, your, your, in my Pantheon? Yeah. <sighs> Let's see. I'm gonna put it at number two, still behind Winter Soldier. Mm. Uh, Winter Soldier is still my favorite because Winter Soldier was just dope. Um, it was a cinematic masterpiece. But uh, I don't think I checked that out. I had to go, go find that. Now, Paul, have you seen it yet? Are you still? I have not seen it yet. Waiting? It'll it's gonna be a minute for I probably check it out. But it's on the list of on the to do list. My wife actually mentioned it uh, going maybe taking this week, but we got the little one, so she was like, maybe we can just go to see a, a, a matinee show and you know catch it like at eleven, and it won't be the, the theater be quiet. And I was like, I do not want to subject any any moviegoer yeah, be to that, or, or I, I don't want to catch the fade in the theater if we do do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wisely decided against bringing a, a toddler with an iPad into the Black Panther experience. But I, it's, it's definitely on the to do list. I've got the dirt and whiskey dashiki ready to go. So as soon as uh, as soon go. as I can get a chance to see it, I'm gonna throw the dirt and whiskey dashiki on. Uh, and check it out, man. Hey, I, I'm, I'm sure Dirk Nowitzki has seen Black Panther. He probably seen it three or four times already. <laughs> oh, he got to. His wife would just kick him out. She'd right. be done with him now. So basically, I mean, it was kind of like a Black Game of Thrones to me, which I, I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It was a. Uh, I saw in the credits there was a person uh, in the involved in the movie. Her name was Molisha. M O L L E S H I A. Shout out to Molisha. Uh, blackest thing I've seen in the credits ever in my life. Um, <laughs> when I left the theater, no no lie, somebody was playing OPP in the parking lot afterwards. Oh, and yeah. I, I didn't see no no uh, no black people all night. So a white person, just they blackness welled up inside of them at the greatness <laughs> that was Black Panther. And they was like, we got to find something black. Play that OPP. So, so what, 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 what was the what was the audience in seeing it with the white audience? What was the reaction like? What was the did you, did you notice anything different? Any, any uncomfortable moments? Anything like that? Or how did you I think they they took it in? I didn't notice anything different, man. I think they uh, the the parts that I, I laughed at uh, they laughed at you know, and uh, I didn't see anything strange. Nobody was saying anything weird, you know. It was a it was a cool a cool movie experience, you know. Similar to watching movies with black people with white folks, without the awkward uh, awkwardness of a slave movie, because afterwards they'd be right, looking right. at you like, "Should I apologize?" All right now, but, but, uh, now, but now for the true test, How, what did the wife think? Oh, wife loved it. Really, wife loved it. Uh, my my seventeen year old saw it uh, at one o'clock with her friends. She loved it and came home and told me it was uh, the best movie of all time. And when she said that, I started getting skeptical. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, if she like it, I must, I don't know what's about to happen now. 
But uh, it was good, man. And it, it really ultimately it proves that when we are placed as black people on an even playing field and we get the resources and the finances and we able to perform and create and do the things that we do, man, we can make something special. And, and that's kind of what happened with the with the movie, I think. Yeah, for our listeners, just right. just remember, this is Ryan's first Ryan Coogler movie that he's actually watched. And we've been trying to, me and Nisha have been trying I, to get I him to I started to watch Fruitville. Fruitville. I started to watch that, and I liked it. I just didn't finish it. Got to catch, catch that Creed, too, man. It's, it's, it's pretty solid. For, yeah, for a, you, you know how it's going to go. It's a Rocky movie, but it's... I don't like Rocky, though. That's why I was just like, I don't like Rocky, and I don't like boxing. So I just kind of stayed away from it. Got to try it, man. It's, it's, it's pretty good. I liked it. I know Ish. I know Ish is a boxing fan, a sports fan as well. So I know he liked it as well. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, I think about it. They still on my list. I haven't gotten rid of them yet. They just sitting there. But um, all right, enough of uh, enough of that happiness. Let's move <laughs> on to some real world topics. How is the white man gonna throw shade on the black man today? So uh, last week we uh, we found an article uh, on the Daily Beast. <laughs> that read uh, that water, water, uh, watermelon water and Kool-Aid was served at a Black History Month affair at uh, was it NYU? At NYU. NYU. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So um, what's up with that? Oh yeah, I'm the one that sent the story around, so this this kind of popped up. So the the I guess there was a Black History Month celebration in the cafeteria, and everybody we all know how like you know the school cafeterias are. There's probably multiple different stations there and things like that. But I guess they had one section that, you know, had a Black History Month theme. So their menu included uh, barbecue ribs, cornbread, collard greens, Kool-Aid, and water-flavored, watermelon-flavored water. Mm. Uh, and so that was the menu or, or what they were offering in this, I guess, particular section of, of the thing, of the cafeteria. Uh, a black student came in, uh, saw the menu, uh, inquired about it uh, and was told that oh this is for Black History Month or whatever like that and so she <laughs> didn't she didn't think that was sufficient so she went back and got like another friend of hers uh, to come to come with back with her and kind of look at it and and they were both like no this is, this is too much this is too upsetting and so they made a big fuss about it I guess online and within 24 hours I guess the president of the university had posted an apology and I guess. Uh, I guess some of the people at the at the staff of the of the cafeteria, who I guess were probably employees of Aramark, which is a very large uh, global uh, food service provider, I guess they got fired because of this unfortunate menu offering. So that's kind of the the synopsis of the story. Did they get fired because the collard greens weren't good? <laughs> or did they get fired that, just for pulling that out? That, that that that's totally unclear. I mean, all they said was you know it's in, in, insensitive and inexcusable, and things like that. You know, my thing is, uh, to be honest, it it sounds delicious. <laughs> <That's> what, <laughs> that was my first reaction. <laughs> I every, other than the drinks, the Kool Aid and the watermelon flavored water, that's a little too much. But everything else sounds delicious. I would definitely have, <laughs> I would definitely come check that out because I'm into it's nothing, all those It's things. nothing whiter than uh, watermelon infused water. <laughs> We, we can we I, you know me I got conspiracy theories on all these things so I was kind of had to read between the lines. We can talk about that later, but what, Ish, what you think about it? Um, I felt like it was. I mean, we go through this pretty often through the year. You got times where stuff like this crops up, and it's basically um, just mad white people 
you know, trying to trying to get one over. I don't know if this if the person who was fired, if that was a college student, like that really seems like something that a frat boy would do. Like, I think this is funny. Let me let me do this. Write it up as the uh, the Black History Month menu. And we, we think that's cute. We think that's funny. Um, to me, it shows, you know, just the difference of having or not having uh, diversity or not having representation in place. So Airmark, uh, when I read the story, it said that, you know, like I said, they fired him immediately. They said that this person did not follow the protocols uh, for specialized menus. They're supposed to go, you know, up the corporate ladder, I guess, to get approved. And these people made their own little decision right there at NYU. Um, but if you have a, a black person or a minority person in any type of managerial position, if any black person had seen that beforehand that worked for Airmark, they're going to shut that down real quick, uh, because that's ridiculous. So, uh, that just shows the power of representation. You know, Ryan was just talking about black Panther and a big part of black Panther. Like when I left out, I just had this warm feeling, which we talked about because, seen a lot of people look like me it was positive it was just you know I, I i just saw myself in that movie basically so i think what's happened here probably at nyu is whoever were making these decisions it wasn't no black eyes that saw that wasn't no no black folks that looked at that and said oh this is cool because let me tell you if i was in college and i would, let's say I, you know i worked for the food service uh for the dorm one year and if my manager came up to me and showed me that I'm probably punching him right in his eye, just off tops. <laughs> what? Just, all right, we got black eyed peas and you got a black eye. Like, that's what's happening. Uh, so, I'm sure no black person saw it, but uh, I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? I just thought it was foolishness in short. So, what about you, Ryan? Allow me to whiten up my voice as much as possible while I play white man's advocate. So, in this situation, wouldn't it be... Sh- isn't it the responsibility of the people preparing the food to make food that those who are attending would like? We all know that black people like cornbread and collard greens and uh, those types of food. Who doesn't like ribs? <laughs> I know for a fact even white people like ribs. Facts. Um, so why is it that this is then considered racist and not a um a bad attempt at uh, trying to, uh, I guess, please the customer. Yeah, that's that's a, that's where I think too, as well, Ryan. I think it's more just misguided and un- just maybe. It, I, I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt and just say it was it was bad timing. The thing nah. I the thing I'm confused about is like, you know, I mean, we all know how college, campus cafeterias are. You know, there's different stations. There's there's you know there's more than one drink. I mean, hell, hell, I went to like a a little janky uh, Chinese restaurant for lunch at the mall. The other day and i mean they had like numerous different drinks i just can't imagine that they only serve you know was there was the was there only kool-aid there or just kool-aid was one of the different options that you could have among you know 12 other drinks it's really the drinks that are the, the issue with the story the watermelon water and the kool-aid everything else like that's what i would expect like uh i don't know about collard greens in new york bro i, I don't know about <laughs> that, but when you that's think of like traditional it. like soul food you would think of that like all i can tell you is that uh at my university uh i've been like involved with our, we have a Hispanic student association. I, I helped start it and I have uh, continued uh, to help lead it. We have like an alumni chapter. And so we put on events throughout the year for students at the camp on, on school for that. And we have things off campus, on campus, and we always have a menu and there's always food. 
dog, do you know that there, if there is not tacos on that menu or tapas or anything Hispanic-related food, people are going to be pissed <laughs> and be like, where the yeah. hell am I at? You know, so, I, you know, we have, like, ethnic events on campus. We always uh, have, for Hispanic-related Hispanic uh, events, we always have some kind of Hispanic-related food. And it's never, like, a really a question about it. Now, yeah, well, we have we, you know, I think it's the issue with the watermelon water and the Kool Aid, where I think that's like the big, the, the the big like you know headline talking points. But the rest of the menu, seem, to me, it seems fine. The bigger question, like you're talking about, Ryan, is any of the food actually good? And yeah. that I think is highly doubtful. Because <laughs> how many times have we attended an event and they had that watered down lemonade? And he's like, dang, can we get some Kool Aid up in here? If we had some Kool Aid, it'd be cool. Exactly. I think their only sin was that they didn't have an old black lady cooking this stuff. Exactly. And it wasn't good, or nobody would have complained. And more than likely, it was an NYU, so it was a Puerto Rican person <laughs> cooking <laughs> food. It could, so it could have been fire. We don't know. But I don't know. Can y'all make it? Okay, maybe you can. I, I'm pretty sure we can make some barbecue ribs. Yeah, we're good, we're good there, dog. Oh yeah, yeah. The collard greens good. might take a little practice, but everything else we we can handle. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, well, for me, I think the big issue was just billing it as Black History Month. Like, I don't have a problem with any of the foods that were presented. If the, you want that to be your menu of the day. Let that be the menu of the day. But to sit up here and say, hey, we doing this for Black History Month and we're going to give you some, you know, whatever, fried chicken and watermelon. And... <laughs> nah, man, I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm not with that. That's that's not honoring my Black History Month. I mean, if you really want to do it and you want to get some jello rice or you want to, you know, you want to really dig down and do it, that's fine. But it to me, it just seemed like a lazy attempt. Now, I did go. I looked up another article on it uh, on the New York Times, and the head cook is claiming that the employees who plan the menu are black. So if really? that's true, wow. then I think those are some, some misguided uh, black folks. I don't know if that's verified or not, but, um, you know, maybe they thought that was cool or whatever. But, you know, it's I think it just reduces what Black History Month is. Yeah. You know, you don't really want to to make it that stereotypical if it's hispanic um history month or hispanic heritage month uh whatever they call it and i'm like hey tacos for hispanic heritage month haha like that's just like that's just stupid and it doesn't you can still have hispanic food there but i don't just just all that stuff was just yeah i don't know it's too stereotypical for me i don't know man i think it's a thin line i think it's one of those situations where you could uh be throwing shade with that menu uh, but if you're not, it's just something that's going to be taken the wrong way. And unfortunately, I think that Aramark person got fired over it. And uh, yeah, that's messed up. Yeah, and and some of the out. stuff is just optics. And I'll be brief on this because yeah. we didn't talk about this. But I know there was another situation where there was a guy, I think it was a, he was a politician. And he got in some hot water because he was doing this presentation with a is actually a black dude and he's drinking chocolate milk like he has some milk and he got the milk and then they had some hershey's uh chocolate mix and they put the mix in there and stirred it up and they said diversity held the cup of the glass say diversity and it's just like a bad like it's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that's just a bad look for a white dude to hold up some chocolate milk like hey i believe in diversity that like, what are you doing? Even though the guy who planned it, like I said, he was black and he does this. He goes around and does diversity training. And that's one of his exercises. But, like, I don't, you, you just got to step back and think about it. Maybe that works for 
uh, a meeting. Paul, maybe if that's in your office and you got 10, 12 people doing that, maybe that's okay. But when you're coming out in front of the cameras and coming out in front of, you know, you're supposed to be representing a city or a state or whatever. Yeah. That's just, that's just not a good look. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a shaking your head moment. And definitely avoid for future reference. Avoid all the water, anything watermelon or Kool Aid related. That's avoid those things. I think, <laughs> think you won't make a headline. So that that's that's the big that's the big takeaway for me. Avoid Kool Aid and and uh, and and watermelon. Anything watermelon related. Do not have that in anything related to Black History. And you'll be good to I go. I mean, you can you can bring it. Just don't put it on the menu. Don't publicize it. But you can bring it because I'm a drink. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know who twisted. You know who won't drink that Kool Aid, Monique. She ain't playing that. Don't you discriminate <laughs> on her at all because she gonna clap back quickly. She was on the uh, Breakfast Club with uh, Charlemagne. Skinny Monique, uh, that's right. Yeah, Skinny Monique. She did, man. She looked good. She did look good. I yeah, didn't know she she lost so much weight, but um, yeah. So she uh, showed up on the Breakfast Club. Did y'all get a chance to check out that YouTube link that I sent? Listen to every yes, minute sir. of it, dog. Every minute. every minute. What about you, Ish? Yep, yep. I checked it out. Okay. Um, where we want to start? Let's go with you, Ish. Go ahead. What you think about it? I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, we talked about Monique and this whole Netflix boycott a couple of weeks ago, and a lot of things I said then still stand true. Um, but I think she she has made some good points, and here's what I think it boils down to for me. Like I, I think the whole thing started was just really self-centered she was mad because she didn't get the money and now she's trying to i like Charlemagne use the term she's trying to weaponize race and gender and i really think she's trying to exploit those things for her own gain however i do feel there is some merit behind you know this thing that she started so when she first came out she didn't know what wanda sykes made that came out later um But I think the thing that it really boils down to is that there are issues of race and gender in the comedy world. Because one thing Charlemagne kept asking her, he's like, well, why do you deserve this money? Why do you deserve this money? Uh, He said, why don't you go on tour like Amy Schumer went on tour, Dave Chappelle went on tour, like uh, Dave Chappelle went on tour, Chris Rock went on tour. He said, all of them are going out proving that they got these big followings. Why don't you do that? And, you know, she responded that the promoters really aren't promoting black women like that. So I think that's That's really the core of the issue. I don't think the issue is with Netflix because with Netflix, again, she's just not hot like that. Now, maybe she could have got more than 500,000. Maybe, you know, the way they came at her with the take it or leave it, you know, maybe that's. They should have played that differently. I can understand her being upset with that. But I think the big issue at hand is she feels like she doesn't have that opportunity to go prove herself like black male comedians or white male comedians or white women comedians even. So she feels like she doesn't have that promotional opportunity. But that's not Netflix's problem. Netflix is just looking at how many viewers are you going to bring to the table exactly. so that's that's what i pulled from it that's new from what we talked about last week so i don't know if you guys pull something different i pretty much uh agree with you um i do wonder what the staffing is like at netflix because i was talking to my wife and we both listened to that uh that uh, link at the same time and basically i was thinking that you know if i were to have to offer amy schumer some money 
to do a Netflix special and I worked at Netflix, I would offer her 500000 because I don't think she's funny. And I don't know anything about her really other than, you know, my own personal opinion. So I wonder if, you know, if you got a boardroom full of white guys and white women, they probably not checking for Monique, you know? So do they know who's funny outside of uh, mainstream uh, comedians? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm, I agree with both of you guys. I mean, I think the problem with Netflix is that, I mean, we know inherently just, you know, my, the whole race thing and the whole gender thing, I, I'm going to stay out of that. I think more thing. I'm just looking at it from like a business perspective. I mean, just let's just let's just face facts to Netflix. Yeah, give us the business angle. The business angle. You're the, you're the financial. Yeah, man. the business angle is. I mean, I mean, for better or for worse, Netflix. Let's just be honest about their demographic. It's mostly younger. It's probably slightly. It's it's definitely more white, and it's definitely uh, probably more male. So you got younger white males that are probably the core demographic of Netflix right now. Maybe they're trying to branch out into different you know areas. I'm sure they may be trying. But, you know, that's the core audience. You know, so is that core audience really checking for Monique? They're definitely checking for Dave Chappelle. They're definitely checking for Chris Rock. They're definitely checking for Tiffany Haddish. But are they checking for Monique? I would, you know, you kind of, kind of argue, no, they're probably not. So, you know, it's like, you know, why, you know, you know why are they going to offer her a lot of money when it's probably, she's not going to pull in a lot of people. Her, their core audience is probably not going to check the, the special out that much. And, you know, how much, how many new subscribers is she alone going to bring to Netflix? Probably Let's just be honest, not that many. My, my whole issue with her is why not just, you know, just, you know why, why all this, you know, this, this interview, if you haven't seen it, check it out online. It's really great. I'm sure Ryan will put it in the show notes. But it's a really interesting interview and it's really contentious. Uh, first of all, anybody that, anybody, any couple, because the husband and the, the husband's not, on the, not in studio, but he's on the phone line and, the, and Monique's in studio. Any couple that refers to each other in public as uh, my love and daddy. Those people are serial it. killers. That that I is weird. <laughs> I love it. I am currently in negotiation with my wife for her to start calling me daddy in public. I'm working. No, on no, no, you do not. I, I, man, that is so weird to me. That somebody that calls their husband daddy all the time. Like my wife calls me like daddy when we're talking to our kid. Like go to, go to daddy, things like that. <laughs> but but, but dude, I don't want to be called daddy. That ain't and sexy, I, bro. And I do not want to call my love. To, <laughs> I don't want to be called my love and lo- loves and all that. No, that, that, to me that's 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 weird. So I I don't I'm not, I, so from that point I didn't get down with it. But the interview is really contentious. I mean she is she's just not letting go. And it's like why keep this why keep this fight going? Like it's not like Netflix is going to offer you more money or have you on when you've just been blasting them for the last month and a half and going at you know mm-hmm. just trying to go at their throat like this. Like so I mean what are you what is now, the end really, game here? So really, her uh, her reason for going on Charlemagne was not really to talk about this again. It was because he uh, yeah. put her in as the donkey of the day, and I totally agree with her argument there. Now, uh, I really don't mess with Breakfast Club that often. Uh, I do sometimes. It's it's kind of shock jock radio to me at this point. They kind of just say stuff just to get ratings, but. Uh, when they really sit down and they want to get serious about something, I think it's a really good a good show. Um, and for him to label her as donkey of the day with all the stuff going on in this country, for her saying that she wanted uh, equal pay for equal work, that's ridiculous. And he I should don't... be taking the task on that because she's not she's not a donkey because she did that. Uh, she's not a donkey because of how she did it either. I mean, she can handle it however she wanted to handle it. Otherwise, how would we know if you didn't make it public? Uh, I don't agree with the tactic, and I wouldn't personally do it. 
But at the same time, if you want to handle it that way, uh, you know, you you can. But yeah. it's, it's worse people probably to, to get. That so, so what did you think it. about the I mean, last minute? I'm sorry, Ish, but what did you think about the last minute when she just she just she just kind of really drags uh, Charlemagne at the very end and kind of calls him like a you know a slave selling out other yeah. slaves and stuff like that. That that was just yeah, wild. That was to me. crazy because I was like, man, she she basically was like, you know, you a, you you a coon or you a Uncle Tom? Exactly. Because you you brought her uh, brought that up with her and the situation, so yeah, I don't know. I man. mean that that whole idea is ridiculous to me. And yeah. and the thing is, is that you're a comedian, Monique. So how many people have you cracked on? How many people have you went after in a joking manner or whatever? So she just seems like she's too thin skinned. For me to be a, like comedians usually can take like they don't care if you call them donkey of the day. That's probably the nicest thing they've been called all day because they're comedians like you. You joke about comedians. Yeah. And a thing that was interesting to me is that, you know, they were talking about just different beefs like Charlemagne brought it up. Angela Yee brought it up just talking about different beefs that she's had in the industry or whatever. And just talking to them now in her credit, she explained a lot of them. She said that she doesn't really. Let she didn't explain all. But she, stand. but she didn't. She didn't explain what? a lot of them to me. I thought she like she, she, didn't she deflected. All of them. Yeah, she deflected on a lot. Of them. She was like, "Bring that person to me. I won't. I won't. I'm not gonna say until they're right in front of me. And then I'll talk to that person. Like, okay, well, if these people are saying they're they're hearing no, she, firsthand accounts, she said she said to to tell her names. Like, don't just say an anonymous yeah. source said. And I totally get that. But but, but then when the girl said names, name, she explained the specific situation of what happened. And I thought she defended her position well on though. But but here's my point with that. So she did. Like, some of them she explained well. Some of them she deflected. I agree with both points on there. But, like, when it got to the end of the interview, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, she just talked about, like, 13 or 14 different beefs. Yeah. And I was like, that's beefs. a lot of that's a lot of beef exactly, to have. Yeah. Like, you you are the common denominator in all of those. I don't think exactly. I had 13 beefs in the last 20, 30 years. Right. Exactly. And, and, and so, then you're just causing a whole new beef and you're just dragging all these Netflix executives' names out there and saying this and that and accusing them, accusing them of this and that. It's just like, okay, I mean, yeah, at some point, why why would they want to, why would these people want to deal with you, you know? And it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and the, the last thing I'll say about this is, so I did today after I watched that, I was like, let me go back, let me find something of Monique because I haven't watched a Monique comedy special in a while. So I went on YouTube, I found a little clip, excerpt of her, it was from three, at least it was posted three years ago or so, and she was talking about Tiger Woods and his situation with, you know, when he was still married and crashing and had all the white women and yada yada, and uh, it was kind of stereotypical, but it was funny, it actually made me laugh, so I'm like, okay, Monique still, she's still got a little humor, but she's talking about, you know, why rich black men go to white women and we know what the stereotype is on that um so i won't call that out here but one thing that she said that was interesting and this is a comedy routine but she said you know black women you know don't do this what white women do so great and she said if if you want to know what white women do so great go and ask them like get their advice find out what they do how they do it mm. you know and learn so i'm wondering when this situation popped off did you go to Amy Schumer and say, hey, Amy Schumer, how'd you get this $13 million deal? Like, how did right. you negotiate that? Did you go to Dave Chappelle and say, yo, Dave, you know, I know you're a black man. How'd you get this money? She didn't do that. She got mad when she yeah. got it. 
and just it instantly popped off. And I'm not going to defend Amy Schumer. I mean, but I will say, like, I, I used to watch her show that she had on Comedy Central, and that's how she kind of, you know, became a household name. And it was legitimately funny. It only ran for, like, two seasons, but I, I would watch it. it. It was definitely legitimately funny. Now, I'm not saying it was all her writing that, that was, you know, making it funny. It, there was good premises and things like that. It, but it was a good show. And she had the train wreck movie, which... It was. I thought it was really funny. There was. It was thirty minutes too long. The end went way too long. But that's that's a more of a Judd Apatow issue. But that movie is. If you haven't seen Trainwreck, it's got LeBron in there, which is he's great in there. It's got no, some I didn't good, see that yet. You, you got to check. It's it's actually worth it just to see John Cena, John Cena's parts, and see LeBron's parts. It's really funny. The last thirty minutes, it goes on forever, and it's like, why isn't this movie ending? But it's a really good movie. It's. I mean, a, a, a comedy, and it's fun. It's funny. It just goes on thirty minutes too long. But the rest of the movie is the first hour is good, really good. So I mean, I. I but a- Amy Schumer is whack, but Amy Schumer does numbers. She so does know, and it, but you know, and now it is what it is. just based on her show, which at Comedy Central, that's how she got started off. But you know, Comedy Central ain't paying these folks a whole lot of money. That's. I mean, that's why they all go on to bigger and better things. You know, that Comedy Central doesn't isn't trying to pay them folks a lot of money. But Amy Schumer got her name. And now, do I think the rest of her stand-up since then have been that, have been as good? I've seen a couple of them, and no, they're not as good. And her movies, I haven't watched them, but yeah, they sound like they they really stink. But she's got a loyal fan base, and she's been willing to to right. make that product. You know, she's been out there. Okay, she's a she's a she's she's not just a stand-up comedian. She's also making shows. She's making movies. So she's kind of like a little enterprise. And Monique doesn't really have that. So like, how can you you know compare the two to each other? I, you know, it's, I, do I think she's Monique is a funnier comedian? Yes, I think she and I think Monique is really good. In other people's movies, but she just hasn't really carried a movie yet. I mean, she like I was trying to think back when, we, when I was when I was listening to the art, the story this morning on YouTube. You know, what have I liked her in? I mean, I, I definitely checked out the the Queens of Comedy or whatever it was because it was filmed in Memphis. I think when when Ryan and I were in college there, they filmed it there, and uh, and so it, you know I, I caught on videotape a couple years later, and, and she was funny in that, as I recall. I think yeah. her and some more were the two best people it was on all there. Good. Yeah, it was it was good, but it wasn't like oh I gotta go I gotta go definitely go check this lady out after that. But she's been in other movies. I mean, definitely in Precious, which was a, a turn for her, and that was I mean yeah I mean that was a you know she that she she did really good in that. But obviously yeah. there were some issues with the director and many other casts, and so maybe that's some problems there. Uh, she's good in that Roscoe Jenkins movie. She has a small part in there. I thought that was really funny, but she just got a couple of little small parts in there. But everything that she's mostly been in has just been like bit parts, bit parts, bit parts, which she's really good in. But she's basically playing like the same. Other than pressure, she's pretty much playing the same person. But I now, do think she, I think she really did get. Uh, she really got blackballed from the industry in general, and yeah. so and then now she's kind of made a bad uh, reputation for herself as far as uh, clapping back at everybody publicly, and so nobody's gonna mess with her. Um, yeah. Right, and I I think she's right, but I also think that that's that's the reason. But, so, but, but while I'm on the topic of comedians, I, there's one dude I do want to see a new Netflix special, and you guys will know who I'm talking about, Lavelle Crawford. That dude is hilarious. He's got that special on Netflix. <laughs> and, and my wife, wife, we, we actually sat down and watched that again because we, uh, we we tried to watch the Cat Williams one a few weeks ago, and it wasn't so good. And so we turned off the Cat Williams like maybe 30, 40 minutes in, and so let's just try something else. And we saw the Lavelle Crawford on there, and it was you know it's the same old one that had, he's had probably for you know, eight, nine years out there. We put that okay. back in. Man, it's still funny. That dude is hilarious. I don't know why that dude doesn't get a Netflix special. That's that dude, and that's some serious underrated STL talent that we need to see out there because that dude is hilarious. I love that guy. I actually peaked the uh, Chris Rocks uh, last night. Yeah, um, I'm, 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 I started the first. I watched the first five minutes. I have not gotten to the rest of it, but I will. Okay. I can yeah. review that for next week. We'll save it. Yeah, we'll I watched it. Time. Oh, okay. What'd you think of it? 
I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't the best one he's ever done, but I laughed. I enjoyed it. I yeah. like his style of comedy. So, yeah, no, I thought it was good. I heard a couple of the podcasts were saying that they didn't laugh. And I'm like, well, I was laughing. I don't know. I, get, I think Chris Rock just has my sensibilities. So I've always right. been a fan. Like, that's totally the stuff that I be thinking. So it, it hits everything for me. Yeah, my wife, my wife can't stand his voice, but I, I, I think he's – yeah. I think Chappelle is probably funnier for sure, but I think Chris Rock has – he, he just – it's just like a thinking man's comedian. I really like I like his yeah. stuff, so I'm sure I'm gonna like it. I just need I just need to catch it this week. But maybe we can do that as a as a review topic next week. Okay. Yeah. One one more comedy thing to put on your list if you haven't seen it, and I, I'm hoping it's still on Netflix. This is where I saw it. It was a couple years ago, but it's called Elephant in the Room by Patrice. Oh O'Neal. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. Uh, classic. You seen that, Paul? Classic. Classic. Yeah, classic. Yeah. That's that's a classic one, man. So, uh, you know. He passed away, unfortunately. That's really when I discovered him when he dropped that. But I, that's one of the best uh, stand-up comedy routines that I've seen. Oh so. yeah, definitely. He's got. Yeah, that that's a classic one. And he, <laughs> there, there's some good parts. We can talk about it another time. But there's there some really good parts in there. You know, I don't know if I saw that one, but uh, I don't know what it is about him. I, I wasn't feeling it. As I know, Ish, Ish, you've been pumping him up for a long time, and I was yeah. always be like, let me check him out. Let me check him out. And I just I just never really liked it. He he definitely was underrated, and I think if he had stayed alive a little bit longer, I mean, he was definitely he was still kind of coming up. And I think I want to I can't remember exactly how it went down, but I think Elephant Room either came out like right before he died, not too maybe like a year before he died, or maybe just right after he died. So he really didn't get the acclaim that he deserved. But if you watch that whole thing all the way through, and he, I mean, it starts off strong. I mean, he comes out on stage and he's he's just he's interacting with the crowd. It's is really good, and he's he's hilarious and. Uh, yeah. And then you know he had he had little bit parts. He was a he did a lot of like you know guest spots on radio, you know in New York and things like that. So he's got some funny stuff out there. If you hey. kind of search around on YouTube, you just gotta kind of find it. But his specials, that's if there that, if there's any definitive special on him, it's that it's that elephant in the room, and it's 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 worth a check out for sure. Hey, if if he was still alive, we could get him on the podcast as a for our resident conspiracy theory brother. Oh, for he, real, he <laughs> the conspiracy theories too. Oh, my kind of dude. I'm gonna check out uh, Elephant in the Room. No, I'm gonna try to watch it again. Maybe I just wasn't. In the it's room. got a, It's probably out there somewhere sometimes. on Netflix something. But it, it's it's good, man. It's really good. And it holds up. It, there ain't nothing nothing stale in there. All right. right. Let's switch switch topics. Uh, we've been on this for a little while longer than I expected, but uh, good good talk. So, <laughs> can one of y'all tell me what the heck crisis actors are? No. And why was this in the news all last week? Ooh, who, Paul, you go ahead. Sure. I mean, I, I mean, look, I'm with you, Ryan. I never, I never heard of a crisis actor until recently. I think this is just some kind of like new media phenomenon. This whole crisis actor acting thing. Uh, basically, uh, just to give a synopsis of how it all came up, you know, I was unfortunately there was a, a mass shooting down in Florida uh, last last week, uh, and you know, 17 uh, kids were killed by another former student who had a bunch yeah, of guns. Prayers to them I, and their families. Yeah, had a bunch of, pro- I guess, you know, had a kind of, me- sound, sound like he had a messed up childhood, I guess adopted or, or something like that. And then, then the adopted parents died anyway. And there was probably Cop some other out. issues. Cop out. Shot up. Anyway, so then, you know, after the story came out, a lot of these students uh, that were, you know, survivors uh, of the school shooting, you know, came out strongly in, in ways, you know, we've you know, we never seen before against, you know, for stronger gun rights, stronger gun restrictions, you know, things like or that. Or did they? Or did they? And so then, <laughs> so then, to counteract that, there were these, you know, you know, I'm not even sure who is saying this. If they're really, you know, 
Americans or these are like Russian bots that are saying it. But apparently a lot, a lot of these conspiracy theorists out there, and Ryan, you're deep into the conspiracies, are calling these people crisis actors or basically people that go from place to place when tragedies unfold and you know pretend to be uh, victims of something and so that they can, you know, uh, perpetuate their own agenda. So if the school shooting, you know, these people are allegedly plants from the Democrats or some other country or what, who knows, and they were at the school, maybe the, maybe even the school shooting itself was staged, and these people are all, you know, doing all these protests and leading these social media movements to further their own political agenda. So that's, in a nutshell, what crisis actors are. What do you think about it all, Ish? You know what? I think that, and and there's a possibility that there's some heinous, you know, organization that uses crisis actors from time to time. But I think largely it is a way for people to ignore the realities of what's going on. Like in this situation, it was a school shooting, and so people who don't want to lose their guns are coming out saying no this isn't real this is this is a crisis actor it's not real and that's their way of kind of wiping their conscience clear because you know god forbid that the guns were an actual problem in here like no 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 that's just these crazy leftists making up stories um you know and ryan you know a guy that we went to school with was sending out this crazy stuff and this is a black guy you know saying no this is this is a, um, you know, this is a conspiracy theory. These are crisis actors, yada yada. And so, you know, this particular day, usually I ignore them. I don't even pay attention. Right, man. To yeah, them. I saw, I saw you going in with them back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? Set it up for us. Set this up for us. This is a good story. What well, the thing is is so he he was talking about the shooting and he says, you know, it's it's a crisis actor, you know, and everybody's going after this David Hogg. Uh, because he's been getting a lot of news attention. He's coming out really against guns. And if you think well, about minute, it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So the post actually said uh, it was a meme or was it a meme? I thought it was a meme. And it said like, uh, you know, 17 people dead and I haven't seen a video of not one funeral. Right. And that right. was really the original post. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So, that, so that was the original post. Uh, and he, that's basically him saying, if I don't see 17 funerals, I'm not going to believe it. <laughs> so before I even responded, there were a couple other people who had posted links to news footage of some of the funerals, like two or three of the funerals. People had already posted news links about it. And he's saying, well, yeah, that's two or three, but, you know, I need to see all 17. Where the other 14. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, who wants to, who need, first of all, who wants to see 17 funerals of kids, slain of children kids, yeah right you know and who needs that much First evidence all, who's gonna to, be videotaping uh, them how about that right, i don't want to videotape right. a funeral i know people do it but 17 people ain't gonna do it yeah and, and so that particular day i'm just like okay i got a little time today usually i'm ignored today we're gonna play conspiracy theory debunker <laughs> <laughs> and my whole goal was I said everything that he posts that's just stupid and foolish and ridiculous, obviously ridiculous. I'm gonna go find the real answer and I'm gonna post it. And so for this entire day, I mean, he would post these things and a Damn. lot of these things come from far right wing <laughs> yeah. uh, stuff. And so that's how it got to that David Hogg. There was a post that said, okay, you know, David Hogg. They had a picture of him on the news 
on a beach and it said David Hogg was a witness to a shooting in LA and David Hogg is now going to this school and he's a witness to this shooting. He's a crisis actor. So I got I, on my Google machine. I don't even think it was that much. It wasn't even a shooting out there. It was like, it was just something like that happened on the beach, something very minor that happened on the beach. And I guess it was exactly. Yeah. Crazy. But, but what it was is they tried to present it oh, okay, because gotcha. he was on the news. They tried to present it that, Oh, this was another shooting. This guy's a crisis actor. Gotcha, so gotcha, I used gotcha. my Google machine just like you did. I went and found out, oh, it's something on the beach. I found a clip on YouTube of him doing this uh, interview on the beach. Somebody stole a boogie board or something. <laughs> and so I, po- I posted that link. I said, no, that wasn't a shooting in L.A. It was somebody arguing about a boogie board. Well, I, I don't care what you say. Uh, it's still so. Then he posted something else about him and i don't remember what the other one was but same type of situation he posted it i googled it found out the real information posted it so this went back probably seven or eight times throughout the day it was a lot of messages for the for the first time i didn't turn my notifications off i was just like (laughs) what is ishmael doing (laughs) and and what happened he even like this was all on facebook where this was happening and he sent me like a private message on instagram you know, with something else and was like, well, what about this? And so I debunked that message too. And so finally I went to bed that night and the next morning when I woke up, I saw he posted a message and it said, I don't care how many posts that you make, you know, I know that this is true. Mm. And at that point I'm like, gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha. Cause now what you're telling me is you don't care about the facts. Like, yep. You believe what you believe, and it doesn't matter how many, and everything that I posted was credible. I made sure that this is going to be from a credible site. It's not going to be from uh, yeah, just right-wing news, or it's not going to be from whatever, you know, mynews2you.com. No, I'm posting stuff from CNN, or I'm posting stuff from the New York Times. Yeah, but they can always, they, they all, they're just going to move the goalposts. All those are, those are slanted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nothing it's, the, it's fake news, yeah. fake news, and so... Uh, you know, I felt like that that's what I was there for. I wanted to put, make so much stuff that you either have to admit that you're wrong or you have to say, I don't care what you say. I know what I know. Man, y'all were going back and forth. It reminded me of that scene in Man of Steel with <laughs> Superman and Zod at the end of the movie. They were just haymaker, haymaker after haymaker. They were flying through buildings. and stuff was crashing. People were sitting. Everybody was watching, though. And and uh, and it was just like Ishmael had his, his head in his arms, and he had him in the headlock, and he just wouldn't back down. And he said, no matter what, I'm going to show you. <laughs> okay, so, right. so, so I, I, Ishmael just had to. Eventually, the only way to stop a brother like that is to is to kill him, man. You, so, you so I, I, of course, I'm not on Facebook, so I wasn't following it. But like, so was was the homie that we talked about from high school, y'all's high school last week? Was, no, did he get in on this thread? But no, I'm not saying. But did he did he jump in the comments and no, <laughs> did he, he offer up any crazy? That. He don't get on stuff like that. He don't get yeah, on, even he got he got more sense to get into the conspiracy theories. Yeah, he stay away from that. Ryan, but hold on before we go off, Ryan. I mean, so like. You're the conspiracy expert on this pod. Like, I mean, I mean, I, like I said, I've never heard of Christ actors until like the last few months, you know, and stuff like that. And this kind of this alt right type stuff. I mean, okay, I understand what they are. Is there ever been any recorded instance of uh, in America where a crisis actor has actually occurred, or even in the world? I mean, is, there, is this a real thing? Like, does this actually happen? Like, for political gains, I'm not talking about. 
you know, some social Man. fake social media drama or something, you know, some Kardashian type stuff. I'm talking about like real. Honestly, honestly, and, I don't know. Uh, my conspiracy brother ranking on or rating on this particular topic is a one out of ten. Like there is absolutely nothing there. There's nothing to say that this that there's a such thing as a crisis actor. Period. It definitely not in this story. You don't have the entire country looking at this town and some kind of way you found all these people to be able to lie. Because if it didn't happen, then school was was out that day. Somebody or in, and somebody would have said, "No, nothing happened here today." It's that simple. You know, it's the dumbest conspiracy of all time. Now, I love a good conspiracy. Just the plausibility of that conspiracy, not necessarily that I believe it. And frankly, the fact that he even posted that, man, I didn't, I didn't even have a an uh, emoji that I could put up, you know, <laughs> that that would really reflect how I felt about seeing that on his uh, post. Now, you know, that's that's just hap- that's what happens when staying woke goes wrong. And, Damn. Right. You, know, you need and, to. And the thing is, is Take I saw out, something bro. on uh on New York Times where they're talking about back in, was it like 1957, um, when the the girls were going into Little Rock School, uh, where it was being integrated, mm-hmm. and people were saying, "Oh no, they're being paid. They're they're paid activists, you know." And so people always, when you're trying to stand up for change for something, you know, back then it was for integration. Today it's for gun reform. The people who are against it are always going to try to say, "Nah, that's not true," you know. And I think, like I said before, it's just it's just about making their conscience feel better. Like, nah, that's not really happening. I don't I don't have to give up my gun. Them kids really didn't get killed. Like, come on, man. Yeah, it's just a way of being dismissive. Just just dismiss the whole argument without even trying to consider anything at all. Just 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 say they have no merit at all because it's all fake. But right. I mean, in all reality, man, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of when anything happens, people are saying, "Oh, that's not true," and that's just a way to get around it. Like, why do you think that is false? How about that? How do you not have to prove anything as to why your conspiracy is true, that everybody's lying, but I have to show you uh, uh, video footage and all this other stuff to tell you that it actually happened, despite the fact that every news source in America is reporting it? Exactly. That's just laziness. Fake news. Fake news. Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's the world we live in these days, unfortunately. Yeah, so... I mean, outside of that, so let's go from fake news to some real news. Yeah. Um, as y'all know, the movie Get Out was critically acclaimed and black folk acclaimed. And uh, a lot of people loved it. And with it being uh, nominated for Oscars or uh, whatever award it was uh, nominated for, we have had an influx of uh, white folks checking it out. So... With people seeing it, I've been wondering, you know, uh, what would they think about it? And uh, a lot of the podcasts I listen to are, uh, there's always a, oh, like, it was, it was okay, or, you know, it was, it was pretty good. Like, it's never like, oh, I, I understood it. It made sense. It's always a, uh, it was pretty good. But the underlying theme that I keep hearing them say, and this is the white people on podcasts, is that they have friends that think it's racist. Huh. And I found that very interesting. And I don't know if you guys have been listening to anything or heard anybody say anything about it. Um, I know when the movie first came out, a lot of white people were telling me that they hadn't seen it before. So I was just curious what you guys' thoughts were as far as the white people's reactions to watching Get Out. Have you heard anything or, or what? Uh, I guess uh, let's start with you, Ishmael, because I, I know Paul watched this, but I want to get his uh, 
his feelings last. Yeah, I and I watched it again today because I knew we were going to talk about it. And, and just uh, on that note, I thought it was a great movie. Seeing it the second time. The first time I thought it was weird because it was – it's not really in a defined genre. Yeah. You know, they kind of marketed it as a horror movie, but it's not really horror. I mean, it is if you're black, but it's it's just like a weird yeah. intersection it's a social, of movie It's genres. a social thriller, man. That's what I think it Right, is. yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And so, first time I was like, I like it, but I don't know why. And so, yeah. seeing it again, knowing everything, thought it was an excellent movie. Uh, but personally, I really hadn't heard of too many white reactions about it um i read the piece that you sent us about that was an extreme <laughs> very extreme and, and it was extreme now the, the thing about that is that dude is a dope writer i'm gonna say that like his style was really really cool but yeah he's an alt-right guy and it basically was saying that this is the most racist movie in the world because you know all the white people are evil in the movie and, uh, you know, the black dude in the movie uh, basically has to kill everybody. And there's no redeeming qualities about the white people. And I'm like, how many movies exactly have been like that with black exactly. people? Where right. there's only one black person. All the black people are thugs or gangsters. And they all, you know, smoke dope or sell rocks or whatever. So it's just like, it's interesting that certain people, and I'm not going to put this on all white people because it's not, no, no. Uh, but the certain segment that we talked about last week the, with the white victimhood, I mean, it's like any time that you're promoting somebody or there's a positive aspect about anybody who's not white, then they feel like it's the most racist thing in the world. But you're ignoring the entire history of Hollywood, basically. So I don't know. What do you what do you feel about that, Ryan? Paul, I guess, because I already talked about it. Uh, sure. I mean, like, well, you know, I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying, Ish. I mean, like, it's like, hey, man, why can't you just brown people, black people have been in movies and and, and cinema and and TV. You know, you know, they they don't get nuanced roles for too long. Uh, you know, often they're one dimensional characters, and if it's a you know a crime movie or a, something like that where they're the bad guy, you know there is no no layers to it. It's just hey, this person is evil, this person you know gets shot, what have you. That that's that's how it's gone for for forever. So it's like hey, this movie you know from my perspective is like hey, it's it's just a refreshing change. I think that's why it garnered so much attention, social media, and obviously it's a good movie to boot. Uh, but I think that's why, you know, it's kind of changed because, hey, it kind of flipped this around and said, hey, you know, OK, we're going to give some depth to these characters. And, then, you know, the, the bad people, we're just going to make them pure evil. And, and, and we're not really going to give you a whole lot of, of background on why they're evil or, you know, what caused them to be this way. It, it just is. And and they just rock with that. And, you know, I think that's what made the movie in, in a way cool. Uh, I personally caught the movie for the first time this week uh based on ryan wanting to bring it up in the podcast so you know to get in my white white mode to watch this i got my my stl cardinals uh jacket out i got uh, i didn't have any crocs like ryan likes to wear around the house but i got some boat shoes with no socks hold on hold on before you even go any further man boat shoes are the new crocs millions of white people can't be wrong about crocs bro there was a time you couldn't go to the mall without seeing hundreds of pairs of crocs I decided I was going to check them out. I saw some for $10 on Amazon. I got them. Best house shoes I've ever had in my life. I'm never going back. Black blackness listeners of this pod, if you are black and actually wear Crocs and your name is not Ryan, please uh, please uh, text us, uh, email us, you know, 
DM us and let us know. I, I'm sure Ryan is the only black person that's ever slid a pair Hashtag of Crocs on his life. Black Croc Challenge. I dare y'all <laughs> to buy a pair of Crocs and wear them and tell me that they ain't the most comfortable shoe. Get the ones with the fur in them, not just the regular rubber kind. Oh, God. Get this, the ones this. with the fur. Your feet will be toasty. Your your steps will be light. I dare you just try this dude is getting swaggy with the Crocs. No, man, I'm not wearing Crocs ever. They're never. I got Crocs on right now. I don't record without my Crocs. On. <laughs> but anyway, I got the, I got the boat shoes on. I didn't wear any socks, so I had to complete the look. I had the dad jeans on and the STL cards uh, jacket, and I sat down to watch Get Out. Now, the funny part about it was my wife is deathly afraid of anything even closely resembling horror movies at all. Like we've only gone to see one horror movie in our entire. Uh, uh, time that we've been together so it's been almost 20 years yes i'm that old uh and so it's been 20 years for real uh well college since college wow. so just about 20 years getting close like okay. 17 18 something like that ain't we getting old but but uh so we've only gonna see one horror movie and that horror movie was called the grudge and that movie was literally pg-13 and i had to talk her into go see it with me it was pg-13 and at the time if you remember the grudge like uh it was creepy at, though <laughs> it was it's, it's definitely creepy but it is not, uh, you know, I would, I would say horror, but it is creepy. Oh, man, she closed her eyes like 20 minutes in and she did not watch. She just sat there for an hour and a half <laughs> holding on to her arm. And like, so when we got home, after we see The Grudge, if you remember the movie, Ryan, there's a part where the little kids and they make this kind of like sound yeah, like sound. a cat. So I, when we got home, I kept doing that like in the car. Yeah, exactly. That little ah. I kept doing yeah. that in the car, and then we, you know, it was at the time it was just us, and so I would uh, do that sound in the, in the like at night around the house, you know, for a couple yeah, of days. That's not funny, man. You started. <laughs> she would get pissed, <laughs> and so I'll still do it every now and every blue moon. I'll bring it back up, but no. So she don't watch no horror movies, so I could not get her to watch this movie with me. And so, and but if, uh, she eventually came out in the kitchen when I was trying to finish it up, and she watched maybe the last thirty minutes with me, which is obviously the the crux of the movie, but you know, it doesn't get into a lot of the background type stuff. And yeah, it was it was it was cool, man. I I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think it was the greatest movie. I you know honestly I don't know if it should be. For, uh, don't hate me for this. I don't know if it should be up for an Oscar. But it was a really smart movie, a really good movie. I definitely think it hit on uh, some issues that have never been talked about in film. Uh, I like the performances. I especially like the lady that played, even though she didn't have a big role. But the lady that played the maid, man, yeah, she was kind of, she, she was really creepy to me. And she I thought I thought she her you know she only she was only in a scene or two, but I thought that scene with the phone. And where she's got the tear and she's kind of looking out the window. I mean, I thought that her parts really stole the, the, the show for me. The, 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 the kind of the field hand or whatever you want to call him. I guess the, the, the lawn guy. I, I didn't know. He's actually from, from St. Louis. Yeah, I, I read an article afterwards, you know, just kind of reading up on the movie and doing a little. He was, he's from like, uh, uh, from where they had the, 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 the protests at uh, a few uh, yeah, a couple years ago. Ferguson. Yeah, he was from Ferguson. He said he was right down the... He, he said he lived like a few miles from there or something like that. So I thought it was kind of, you know, related back to where you And that was which from. dude? Uh, the field hand, the, the you know, the maintenance guy out in the yard. Okay. The guy that yeah, talked yeah. like right. real old-timey. The dude that was... The grandfather. Was. Basically the grandfather, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the movie was cool, you know, but I mean, you know... Uh, there were a couple of little plot holes I wish they would have elaborated on a little bit more just a, just around you know because I was like you know I was really interested in the story but I wish they would kind of like explain like why they want to take you know black people's body they, they never really answered that question I think they, the guy the blind guy kind of just said like oh they just do they you know just kind of they did I don't think he really explained why like why they wanted they to they did they wanted to, to have be superior uh, physical specimens basically oh they want to be, oh okay maybe i yeah. missed that Must so missed that he was saying if we could if we could take our brains with your bodies he was talking about how much they could accomplish and so yeah, that, that was really you, what it was about 
Ah. Yeah, if you remember, a lot of the people, a lot of the white people were, uh, you know, feeling on him and to, yeah. to feel how strong he was, uh, the main character. Uh, they, they were trying to see, I think the, the blind guy told him, you know, some people want to be faster, cool, uh, stronger, cooler. Uh, but he said, I just want those eyes, you know, because yeah. he was an artist who went blind. So, right. it was, and, and the one lady, you know, asked him, the older lady, she came up and she asked him, you know, is it true what they say about black men? And he's like, what? And that they're better in bed or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, all these kind of stereotypical things. Yeah, yeah that, that we want to be cool. We want to be hip. You know, we want to be strong. The the, the brother uh, who was talking about the MMA and was like, yeah, you got the perfect build with your, uh, you know, muscle or bone structure or whatever. You could be a beast, you know. So there were all these different things that they threw out there. But that's the benefit. Again, I watched it for the second time, and I probably missed a lot of those the first time. But if you go back and watch it again, you'll catch some of those little subtle nuances as they uh, threw throughout the movie. Well, I definitely will check it out again because I now am the proud owner of Get Out on, on streaming. Yeah, yeah. I, had to, oh, nice. I had to buy it to, to rent it, so I now own it for in perpetuity on Amazon. So it's there forever. They're red box, though. But now, let me ask you guys a question as you know, from a black guy's perspective. If, this was, if, this, if you were the main character in, in Get Out, at what point in this weekend would you have got the fuck up out of there? <laughs> when all you I know, think, the, the, I think because those things happen to us, and you do have those awkward conversations. I think when he finally was like, "Let's go," like it, that was the time that that I would have left. But unfortunately, at that point, it was too late. Now I would have said, "Forget that girl," and I would just left her. But I, other than that, I think he put up with what he could put up with. Yeah. You know, it was his girlfriend's people. So, you know, that would kind of diffuse it a little bit. You don't expect to get killed out there. Um, but it wasn't one of those movies where I thought like, oh, man, you should have left a long time ago. No, he did everything that a normal, reasonable person would have done in that situation. And that's what made the movie good to me. Maybe it's just me, but I'm shaky. But I would have, I would, I would have dipped as soon as the the brother started acting kind of weird at the dinner table and was having that weird yeah, conversation. I'd be like, I'd be like, man, this is yeah. I, I I think I think it's best if I just just roll up out of here. This ain't this ain't for me. <laughs> yeah, not you know for me, I think the the def, definitive line would have been when I went outside. And you saw the brother, again, from St. Louis. I think his name is Marcus, was it Marcus Wilson or Marcus Washington? Um, but when Grandpa was running full speed and made that turn at the last minute, at that point, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, You're going to leave just because dude was running fast and yep. turned. Yep, Nothing because happened. It, was already, it was already some creepy things that's happening. Exactly. But if I see that, mm-mm, I got to go. I got to go. And, and he even, even when he was uneasy, he had the conversations with his girlfriend, and she would kind of have an excuse for it. It was never oh, something yeah. where she it was, was totally over. Yeah. yeah, and I would be like, oh, okay, well, I understand that. That makes sense. You know, she said her brother was drunk, you know, so I couldn't leave after the brother was acting a fool. Who hasn't been around a white person acting a fool when they got drunk? Now, did you guys assume that the the, the, the girlfriend was evil the whole time or did, like, did, cause that, like, I wasn't really no. sure until the, I mean, they, I, was, they did I wasn't it. sure until she finally like said it until he was at the last minute was like, give me your keys. Where are your keys at? Well, but, but what about the, the, the picture? Well, you should have known with the picture. Yeah, the picture that, that's, that was like, oh, damn. I was like, but I, I wasn't sure if she was in on it. I thought she didn't know. And I thought she just was. Uh, now it's been a while since I watched it. And I watched it a couple of times. Man, with them pictures, she had like twenty black dudes, and I was like, "What are you, doing? <laughs> baby girl? What is well, you?" But doing? yeah, but he, that just happened though, right before he came downstairs, though, right? Yeah, yeah that, that that was the defining. It just moment. happened. That yeah, that yeah. just happened. 
Yeah, so he didn't have much time. I mean, at that point, you're ready to go anyway. And then you just like, where the keys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that there was a plot hole or anything like that with why he stayed. I understood that. I thought that movie was well-crafted. And uh, before I forget, Marcus Henderson is a guy's name. Okay. Um, but what I'm saying is, for me personally, if I'm in that situation, when I see uh, Walter was the character name, Marcus Henderson, uh, when I see Walter running at me like that, I got to go. Exactly. Like, that's that's my sign. I got to get up out of here. Hey, boo, you can come with me. I'm about to hit this Uber. I'm about to do something. I'm probably, I'm probably not going to walk through the woods. You know, uh, that one long article that we're really not talking about, it said something like, you know, the black people are making it like the wilderness itself is racist or that Jordan Peele was making it like the wild wilderness was racist. I'm like, wilderness is racist. <laughs> black people don't mess with we the woods don't go like to the woods, bro. <laughs> no. Right. No. We're not going to frolic in the woods. That's not happening. So, Exactly. I'm pretty sure every black person has ever gone into the woods by themselves without a white uh, <laughs> a white chauffeur. <laughs> it is not going well for them. <laughs> not at all. If you come out at another person's house, you probably get shot and killed by the cops. You know, Paul, we talked about a story about that recently. Um, yeah, it's just, it's never going to go right for you. I don't know, man. I, I just thought it was a it was a brilliant movie just in regards to just things that people said Uh just around the, the the dinner table, things that people said at the uh, the event, yeah, or whatever. The next day, man, it was it was just great because we we actually experienced those conversations and that awkwardness. And he right. just kept trying to get out of the conversations, but people would just bring him back into it and ask even more ridiculous questions. Yeah, and shouts to and shouts to shouts to uh, you know giving the TSA. A TSA employee, you know, some good, some good publicity. Yeah, I thought that I, his character was good. I like, I like that they made him a TSA agent. I, I thought it was good that you know he fought. You know, I just TSA people get dumped on a lot. And I, they got a tough job. I just want to say, hey, shouts, shouts to them for getting a, you know, getting a, a, a positive uh, image out there in a, in a very popular movie. So I definitely yeah, enjoyed the, parts. That was a great character. That kind of yeah. that brought it all the way around to where you know because he just felt like a real he felt like a real drama, dude. But they had that comedy. Yeah, he, he felt like a real, real dude because every dude got a friend like that. Exactly. You know, if you was dating a white woman, they would be saying stuff like that. It, it, Ryan, you are my little rail. That's, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Ryan is my little rail. I, I definitely would have said that if you was dating a white woman. <laughs> and 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 that's the thing about that movie is like I think. A lot of white people, the white people who are offended by it, like they just don't get it. Like a lot of those experiences are just inherently black experiences. So if you're just not familiar with it, like you just don't get it. But every black person that's going to that or a lot of brown people that went to that, like you have those little awkward situations and conversations. So and that's like that's a scary thing. It's not scary like. I'm coming out at you with a, you know, a knife or I'm about to hack your neck off scary. Right. But it's just like, man, me in the woods. I'm with this, with an all-white family. People are asking me these You already ran questions. into a I'm cop. I'm getting hypnotized. You already yeah, ran into a cop, a cop you was racist. That was the scariest yeah. part of the movie. Oh, my God. He <laughs> pulled off by a cop. Like, that was the worst part. So, yeah. It's just, it's, it's like an inside movie. Black folks will get it. Man, but I, just, I don't know. I just feel like it's crazy that... Uh, even when you put it in movie form, even when we say it, that these situations happen to us, they are uh, very awkward and unnerving or whatever words that we may use or adjectives to describe. 
uh, that we still get white people that will say something like, I think this think the movie is racist when there's literally three white people in the movie you know and i wouldn't even i don't even know if i could categorize them as necessarily racist because they weren't going out of their way to be racist i mean what they did was causing harm to a particular race so you know i guess you could say that but yeah um, i think you i think I it wasn't overt racist safely say people <laughs> are racist when they kidnap <laughs> take black brain. people and take their brains, bro. No, like, no. There's nothing more science, racist than that. It's scientific <laughs> exploration. What are you talking about? Yeah, I, 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 this is kind of, to me, this kind of goes all the fake news. I'm not even sure this, these, I, I glance at the article you said, I'm not even sure this stuff is like, I, I think these are just like some alt-right crazy person. It's it's kind of like, so it's kind of like the, the writer was a crisis actor. Yeah, these people, have, I, <laughs> it's like anything that even remotely political in, in this environment today, it's like they have to, there has to be like a counterside about why this is that. Yeah. And so there has to be somebody, if it's a Russian bot putting it together or if it's some crazy person putting it together or maybe they even have a point, I don't know, but it's always like there has to be some other you know, oh, why, why this is bad? Why? Th- yeah, we, we're in the we're in the age of trolls, yeah. man. That's all that is. It's troll. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I feel. So like, it's it's just a movie. Uh, the char- the the evil people were one dimensional. That's how most movies where they have bad people, they're usually one dimensional. They're just pure evil. In this case, the family just happened to be white, and I'm sure they're gonna be in the next two hundred horror movies will be the opposite, the, the way they've always been, and it won't be that way. Right. And yeah, nobody will bat an eye. First. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, well, yeah. What, not a big deal, but it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I wish I had seen it a little earlier. Definitely not scary. So if anybody hadn't, the few people that haven't seen it out there, check it out. It's great. Cool, cool. All right. Well, I think it's about that time, gentlemen. So we gonna. Well, uh, let, let me ask Paul one oh, okay. real quick question. Yeah, sure. Uh, Paul, answer, answer this in one minute or less. <sighs> but I, I saw something on Twitter, and they were talking about it was a Hispanic person that posted, and they said. Black people got Black Panther. We happy for him. It's wonderful. They said now it's time for a Hispanic hero mm-hmm. because the only person that we got is what is that? A Nacho Nacho Libre, Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre which was a white the only dude. Superhero movie they got. So right, exactly. Which was Jack Black. Yeah. So when is the Hispanic horror movie coming out, or what would you like to see? In that. Dude, dude, we got, we got. We, I think we had to tee this up. This we had, to, we had to cut this off, and we had to have to think of something. Yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me think that. about what we could have. But definitely, we are the, the Hispanic people. We are definitely lacking in representation in, in in blockbuster type movies. I mean, we got our own little TV channels and things like that. There's definitely our own little in, industry, but it's it's definitely not mainstream in America. And no, I mean, like that's that's the thing. That's the funny thing about you know living in America, and you hear you know it's always presented as a black and white issue. We could probably get this. Would actually, probably be good, a good top for it to bring up. Let me think about it a little bit more about what, you know, to have some make some some funny points, funny things, but also have some better points. But yeah, I mean, there's just it's it's always black and white, and that's all it is. But you know, there's there's brown people out here too, and yeah, there is no superheroes for us, and that that's that's the way it's just gonna be, uh, probably for a long, long time, unfortunately. Uh, but y'all you know, step I don't y'all know. game up. The we little just, uh, you know, Miles Morales, the little black Spider Man. He's yeah. uh, he's suspended. The closest we got is you know like Benicio del Toro in 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 a in, 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 uh, or whatever like that. It's, it, 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 he could be uh, he could be the the next uh, you know Superman or something like that. I don't know, but we, yeah, let, let, let's cut all. We'll cut this part out. But we'll, let me think about this for next week or something like that. Be this well, week, Paul. Since, since you're afraid to say it. I'm gonna go out here for you. Okay, I'm a I'm a rep for the Brown delegation right now. Okay. So I'm calling for all of our listeners, 
all seven of y'all right. to boycott Netflix <laughs> oh, until my love. So they get a Hispanic superhero and sign what about them that? for what about a that twenty million dollar. What's that fat dude name that uh, uh, that comedian? What's that dude's name? How much money he make? Is he making more than Monique? Oh, you are talking about? Uh, yeah, I know you are talking about. Well, well, Iglesias, Enrique, is that his last name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I need a superhero movie or a horror movie, and I need the main character to be Hispanic, or else we are shutting down Netflix. My loves, my loves, yes, <laughs> my loves. There you go. <laughs> So on that note, Ryan, go and take us out. All right. So we did it. Another episode uh, completed. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed it. Um, actually, Ishmael, I'm gonna throw it back to you for the uh, for the uh, uh, the spots where we can be reached at. So I don't mess up. Where our Twitter we can be again. reached. Yeah, you can definitely <laughs> catch us on Facebook. We got the the Facebook page, the Black Delegates uh, at Black the Black Delegates Pod. I think is the actual yep. uh, direct link. Uh, or you can find us on Twitter. We are Black Delegates. There is an underscore between Black and Delegates. Um, and hit us up on Twitter. Follow us on there. And uh, that that's about it. The Black Ryan on Twitter for Ryan. You can hit me up, Ghetto Phenom, although I'm probably going to change my name next week. But for now, follow me at Ghetto Phenom, Black underscore Delegates, the Black Ryan. And hit Paul on his two-way pager because he is not on social media. That's right. Not on social media at all. Alright, that's a wrap. We'll check y'all next week. Peace, peace. Deuces. <laughs>